All right, DC Comic fans, it's time for another episode of DC Deep Dive with Jeff Anderson and Michael Mead. All right, DC fans, we are back with another episode, episode six, DC Deep Dive. Hello once again, Michael. Jeff, hello. People can finally see us. I know, isn't it crazy? You <laughs> want the voice to the... This ridiculous looking Riddler. Ridiculous, beautiful Matina cover. Oh, Batman 90. It is that, Batman 90. What a great book. I know we talked about it last week, and it's uh, mm-hmm. no less of a great book this week. Yeah, no joke. Still the same thing. So I wanted to, hopefully we can touch on that a little bit at the end, but there's a lot more today that we should probably get talking to. You want to start with the, the, the books we read this week? Books we read this week, man. I was all over that Flash 751. I, yeah, I didn't you think? read many books this week. I read Dude, that one, I, and I, I went through Identity Crisis again like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I have some things to share about Identity <laughs> Crisis. Yeah, no, no uh, joke. Now, having read that, like I talked about six times, funny, some of the things I uncovered, and I, and I, hope, it's, I hope it's something you haven't uncovered, but I doubt that it is. But <laughs> sure. Let's see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Flash 750. Uh, I, Flash. I have it on my stack, but I haven't read it myself yet. So. Oh, well, hate to tell you, but... I, I, I flipped through it, though. I flipped through it, because yeah. it, it, it was the continuation of the, uh, the Godspeed story. Yeah. There's yeah. not that much yeah, yeah. spoiler except the last two pages of it. So I guess... I guess there's not much that I can say. I mean, it's just a, it's just a beat down fest. It's fine. You know? I think, I think, I, I, I said I flipped through it. Like I saw, like, I, does it seem like Barry's like in heaven or something? It, That's the idea. That right? I got from so it? Yeah, yeah. As you go through the book, this is, I mean, this is heavy spoiler alert. For <laughs> yeah, you sorry, haven't yeah. read it. I need you to mute the podcast for the next, let's say, ninety seconds, or just fast forward it. Yeah. The crux is that Godspeed was pulling the wool over his eyes, uh, the Flash's eyes, and he's mm-hmm. actually working against Paradox. Yeah. Get him to, re- to reveal his true plan. And then Paradox knocks the Flash into <laughs> uh, oblivion with a big of old course. punch. And that spread, that two-page spread was awesome looking. I'll have to check that out. I don't remember By the way, that. and then when he wakes up and sees his mother, like that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah, but like, I, like I said, I was flipping through it. It looked pretty solid. Uh, I like the art on it right now. I, I, I don't yeah. know who that artist is, but uh, I like how their, uh, their interpretation, especially of Flash um, and Godspeed. Like, uh, I like how, yeah. uh, how that went. And then, yeah, I just saw the whole, he just wakes up in his field and there's, there's his mom. So I assumed it was heaven. Yeah. So, yep. or an interpretation of heaven. So. And then what I wasn't clear about, and so maybe if you end up reading it and comment next week, sure. I wasn't clear, like, what did Iris uncover in the Flash Museum? She like, startled and i saw commander cold too right yeah he a was hologram. he left a he left a message yeah, you know, yeah behind he's like i'm either dead or in the future returned and here's the thing i did these things and found out these things and it was almost like it alluded to zoom again of course I was, yeah <laughs> I was, yeah i was trying to follow oh, that and i had a hard time connecting that but i will say i haven't read the four or five issues leading up to this. So if there's okay. something in there that I'm missing, that could possibly be as well. Probably, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. me. What about you? What did you read? Because yeah, I didn't, I I didn't read too much of this. That was it. Yeah, it wasn't, honestly, this wasn't a huge week for, for DC and releases. Um, it was a big Marvel week, but it wasn't a huge DC week. Uh, there was a couple I wanted, like Wonder Woman I haven't gotten to yet, but had a beautiful Jay Lee cover. Uh, so that was awesome. But uh, the things I read this week, I, uh, I read Young Justice, issue number 14. Um, that was pretty solid. 
but then I just found out uh, last night that that book got pushed back even further. Like the next one got released. And there was like a huge uh, like lead in to like what happened to Young Justice and why no one remembers them or okay. like why no one remembers Connor Kent. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll t- tell you in the next issue. Next issue gets pushed back. Like that was super frustrating. Uh, so that was awesome. It got pushed back like a month. And then, hmm. uh, but it was solid. Like it's a, it's a very fun book. The, the, the Wonder Comics, Brian Bendis' uh, uh, Wonder Comics have been, uh, have been pretty fun. I've been really enjoying them. It's like Wonder Twins and uh, Naomi and uh, Dial H. And so all those have been pretty solid. Yeah, you had mentioned Wonder Twins and I wanted to follow that up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So- you definitely should read that. It's a fun book. Okay. So like Gleek, Zan, Jaina, like, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, no, they, they, uh, they eventually get like a job as interns at the Hall of Justice uh, for the Justice League. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty silly. It's pretty fun. Uh, Out of curiosity, actually, what do they do for the, as, as interns, what are they doing? Like mopping the floors or what? <laughs> no, they're, they're like running like, uh, like liaison between like the, the people coming in, like the, the tours and things like that. And okay. So uh, yeah. Uh, they they're like in charge of their social media kind of stuff. So um, I, okay, like, what, like what an intern sense. would do, uh, you know, like um, so that's been fun. They actually just joined Young Justice too. Like the whole, literally all of Wonder Comics, just were thrown into what Young Justice. Like there were so many characters in this last okay. issue, it was it was crazy. Um, all so right. but yeah, I, I highly recommend that book. That, that that book's a fun book. Um. And then I just, I flipped through the Detective Comics 38 uh, facsimile edition that came out this week, the first appearance of Robin. I ha- you know, so I just had to. Just. A question on that. Did you, did you read it? I did, yeah. Okay, and how did you find the writing? Because I read the old <laughs> X-Men, and I mean from number one through whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the old writing was super, super heavy. Not like, I mean, of course, it's a lot of dialogue. That, that doesn't bother yeah. me. Yeah. The overuse of multi-syllable adjectives <laughs> sure sure um no it was yeah i mean the the writing is actually more complex than uh people would think for some, for a book from the you know the early 40s you right. know like um it's and by complex i mean that <laughs> um i don't know it, it 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 just has like it does definitely has an old-time feel it's it's kind of uh it's kind of simplistic uh, when it comes to the story, but yeah, I guess I guess the 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 syntax is is, is pretty complex. Um, it was fun though; it's a fun read um, in the in the in the sense that it just it just feels like an old comic, so you're feeling like you're reading an old comic. And Batman is ridiculous, and Robin. The whole thing is kind of like really ridiculous. Like I was going to ask, like, what's the introduction yeah. of Robin like? Like, what's it about? Yeah, it's just like a legit. I mean, it, it is his origin, you know, you, it's, Bruce goes to the, goes to the circus, you know, Zuko, and the Grayson's die, like right there. The Grayson's die right in front of him. And then right then there, like, this is the first time he sees Dick Grayson. The first, this, you know, he's like, you know what, I'm going to take this boy in, <laughs> like out of kindness in my heart. And then two panels later, you know what, I think I'll just, he discovers that I'm Batman. I might as well tell him and let's, let's make him Robin. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here, this is escalated quickly. You know, like this. Yeah, is, it did pretty good and then he's like and there's you know there's, there's like this is like during the, the the time where they're getting the the comics code up right so you get some you get some hardcore like violence in there like a lot of the okay. gang violence you know so you get a lot of shooting and a lot of killing actually um and the art isn't very descriptive 
the art okay. i think the whole thing that holds a lot of those old comics back um it's extremely simplistic so uh, gotcha but that's it was, interesting it's fun. it's fun yeah it's fun it's funny you think about it like okay let's take a step back there's no custody battle there's no nope. adoption nope. no foster took the boy <laughs> okay yeah there you go rock and roll all right anything else you read this week uh nothing kind of jumps out at me this week uh there was the batman 89 reprint that came out this week too mm -hmm. uh that was kind of crazy that that one jumped up in value too maybe we can touch on that later but um no there, there wasn't like i said there's not, nothing crazy this, this week for for dc i think they were kind of toning down from you know splash 750 from last week so so uh, since we're trying something new today we we don't have our a title splashed up on the screen because i'm trying some different tech using a different uh yeah. recording software to do this we have appraisal crisis as our title today <laughs> and i found it interesting you had mentioned the reprints of yeah. batman 89 etc so uh you mind if we talk a little bit about that real quick yeah of course please all right what is your take on a on a second printing going for 10 bucks a day after it's out yeah did you see that um this this has been this has been crazy this whole storyline that uh tinian and you know, 89 is Gillian March is the artist for uh, for Batman 89. Uh, but then going forward, it's the artist is uh, Jorge Jimenez. And uh, this story like came, literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. And no one, everyone was very hesitant to really jump back on Batman after this long Tom King run. And then now everyone wants these books. And there's even more stuff coming out that people are looking forward to, like a brand new uh, villain coming out too, Clown Hunter. Um, yeah. But the, with the reprint starting so high, uh, like before it even came out, like it was pre-selling for about ten bucks, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's just that's just nuts to me. Um, yeah. Not unheard of in our in our you know modern speculation culture, sure. but uh, for something that you know literally came out of out of nowhere. And Batman is always a, usually a strong seller, anyways, so you, they don't really try to do the whole gimmicky thing. But the mm -hmm. thing is, it doesn't feel gimmicky. This this right. the, the thing about this this storyline in this book right now is that it's a good story. It's a good use of art and writing, and the, it's a fantastic Batman story. So it doesn't feel bad, you know. It doesn't. It usually like upsets me a little bit when things get like super high uh, and people, you know, like collectors can't really get a hold of it. It's all you know prospectors and that, that whole thing. But um, but this book feels fun. Like it feels good. Like I was like, it kind of deserves to be expensive. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, I hate to say that, but like it, it feels right. So a question I have in that regard is, wh what do you feel happens to aftermarket, right? It's the secondary yeah. market value yeah. of a first printing when a second printing is released. Do you feel or do you find that it increases its value or does it decrease its value because now people can actually at least get a hold of a reader copy? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It depends on exactly what the, the subject matter is, like how important the subject matter is. Like if it's just a second printing just because it sold well, no, I, I think the value of the first print will go down considerably. But okay. if it's significant, like I think this could be, like Punchline has, has been really kind of taken off and people really seem interested in her. If, they, if DC does something well with her and she sticks around, no, the first print will go up considerably. Uh, I think uh, keeping, keeping the first print high, I think that that's just what, what will happen. Even the second print, um, if they go to a third print, like even that will, will, will probably be pretty, pretty high. I know a lot of times, like it's very rare, but sometimes like those second printings go for more than the first printings. It just depends on the the, the print run and how many people actually sure. got it. Yeah, print um, run, print run is definitely a factor. I, I think exactly. But no, yeah, it, 
it, there's a lot of different factors that, that can go into it. Uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's looking like a lot of people have still have a very big drive for this. You know, I've been getting a lot of people talking about it in, 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 in stores and a lot of different uh, forums that, that I read and I'm a part of that people keep talking about Punchfly. People keep talking about this book and 189, you know, first print of 89. Uh, so I, I think this book might have some legs, might have some longevity for sure. You know, of course, a, a comic book, a hero book is nothing without its villains. Mm -hmm. So the introduction, it seems like more and more the market is being flooded with new villains. And yeah. is, I don't know if that's a matter of, okay, we're tired of running the same jokers. Uh, see what I did there? It, yeah, uh, it, it, could, it could be. Or we need to pump this type of hype into the market. Mm -hmm. what are your, what's your take on that? No, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think Batman is kind of a unique take uh, in the fact that his rogues gallery of villains is like crucial to mm -hmm. who people love reading about a Joker story. People love reading about a Catwoman story. Like even like down to the penguin, you know, like the most, some of the ridiculous villains, they have their place in Batman lore and people just like reading about them. So it's really, it's, it's probably really hard for a writer to introduce a new villain into the Batman uh, mythos and have it stick. And so, uh, but I think like Scott Snyder did it, you know, with the Court of Owls, like that, that's, that was a huge thing. Uh, you know, they, that, I think that was a super amazing idea and it really that stuck. Court of Owls it. was so cool. Yeah, it really stuck around. So I think he did a really good job to introduce a brand new villain into the mythos that's going to stick around for a while. And, uh, and if, if Tinian, who is a student of, of Snyder, can uh, kind of have that same magic, I think Punchline might be able to do the same thing. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to the new, new villain guy, Clown Hunter, coming up too. I think that's a really cool uh, kind of idea that Tinian has. If, there's not much to it. Like, they haven't said much to it, but for, just from the name alone, kind of sounds pretty cool, especially from this Joker War storyline coming up. Yep. So I want to talk about that here one second. It, yeah. As far as punchline goes, I've, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. I would find it so awesome if Tinian had this in mind either the whole time or some way, some some way somewhere in the back of his mind if punchline herself ends up being a joke for the Joker. Get it? Like, sure, yeah. And That's it just ends up, yeah. <laughs> ends up being nothing or an automaton or some animated mannequin and that like literally is his punchline for his like magnum opus of jokes i think that would be so cool even if it's 18 months from now or somewhere like he comes back to the book to do it i just think that'd be really really unique oh yeah that would just throw yeah. us for a loop too as the as the reader and the <laughs> and the and the prospect you know the the secondary market it would just be like oh it was just a big joke guys <laughs> yeah and and you fell for the punchline literally. exactly like exactly oh, that'd be fun. wouldn't that be beautiful Oh my God, that would be, that'd be funny, especially to watch some of the prospectors get mad. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so funny. Uh, so yeah. the, the Joker, um, what was it called? The, the, the new villain or the storyline? No, the storyline, Joker War, right? It's the Joker War, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I, I know it's coming, but I've done yeah. no research yeah, yeah. on its, um, its foundations. Do you know like, what's happening? What's the deal? Yeah, the, the Joker's kind of done. He, you know, like a lot of the times he, he always saw Batman as his, his equal, you know, his other side mm -hmm. of the coin, you know, you know, that Joker always felt that he was necessary to Batman, right? right. Like this is, we're a team, like we're a team here, you know, kind of thing. He's done now. He's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with that anymore. I think that's stupid. I'm going to take out everyone you love and I'm going to take out your city. I'm going to take out you. 
we're, we're, we're done playing around here, Batman. And, uh, and they, yeah, the, it goes through, the Joker War kind of goes through the rest of the Batman family books as well, Nightwing and Hood, Batgirl especially. And um, we'll see that, because that, Barbara, Barbara Gordon and uh, Jason Todd have the biggest connection to Joker, right? With, yeah. their, with their backstories. So uh, that should be really, really fun, especially if he wants to kind of just kind of take everybody out. So uh, this last issue, I, have you, you, you read issue 90, right? I think we talked oh, about yes. that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. That, that kind of like switch for Joker. Like you, you saw a classic like kind of golden age, silver age Joker. And now mm-hmm. it seemed like Tinian was just like, okay, well, here is the reason why he flipped in the, you know, the 80s going really dark. You know, like this is the flip. And um, he just flipped the switch for him. And I, I, this is going to be pretty awesome. Like the Joker by himself, if he wants to, if he's trying to be a team up, the whole before has been him just trying to be a team player. This is going to be nuts if he's just going to, if he's already done and wants to take everyone out. So, so you're saying no more, no more fish guns? No more fish guns. Oh, that'd be fun, though. I think they should bring back the fish guns. Uh, I think they could at least do a, an homage cover for that. I think they should. That's a good cover, though. That, I think it was like a detective. Yeah, it's that's, that's, that's awesome. Good, yeah, that's a good cover. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm very excited. I, I think this is, this is what kind of Batman needed to kind of pick up the sales. Um, it was just a good, good Batman story. And this is a very, very good Batman story. Yeah. So having said that, I'm looking forward to Joker War. Uh, I went through the whole year of the villain, right? Yeah. And it was, it was exhausting towards the end. It was like, okay, bring this to a close, right? And so yeah. we have yeah. Hell Arisen number four, I believe, comes out next week. Yep. Uh, that's also the finale. Mm-hmm. I am super looking forward to that because I've, I've been, like I said last week, knee deep in the year of the villain the whole year. Sure. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for the conclusion. Am, however... <laughs> ready for it to be done yeah yeah i, I think this was longer i mean yeah of course it's when i bought into it it said year of the villain i didn't know what <laughs> knew to we were gonna into. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, so like, they didn't pull wool over my eyes it's just man that was a long year <laughs> yeah and just because like it doesn't feel like anything kind of like stuck around to be honest with you uh especially like well i was kind of hoping at least that well punchline apex, apex lex yeah, but that's that's what, that's what i'm getting at like Justice League was like the premier book for that, right? You have the, the Justice Doom War. And it just ended with, it just ended. Like there was yeah. no like conclusion. I'm hoping they're, they're going to go back to that soon to kind of figure out what's going on with, with everything. Uh, and so that, that was kind of my frustration with, with the Year of the Villain. Because like, I kind of liked that idea that Lex was kind of helping out all the villains and making them the, you know, their own apex, you know, mm-hmm. of, of who they could be. Because at the end of all these stories, right, he threw out, all like the, the little drones to give all the villains everything. Um, but they, that never came to fruition about anything. Like you never really see what happened with that, except for like in Justice League for like a second. Uh, they really didn't do much else. And so that was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that, like I said, I hope they go back to that eventually. So. Got some really cool covers though over the year. Oh so. yeah. Like the covers were fantastic. Oh, I love the covers. Art's always good. <laughs> I love the covers like this. Oh yeah. Where yeah they yeah. do a... Um, uh, villain profile cover you know mm-hmm. those are no, so cool. cool i have a i have the batman who laughs from year of the villain like number one sure. and the cheetah cover for that yeah yeah oh the those, yes the archer one yeah those are really beautiful those so are really, really beautiful. i got yeah, those I love that. Uh, so we talked you know one of the early episodes that we did uh, so cool we can say early episodes now uh, <laughs> one of the earliest episodes yeah it wasn't was the last episode was talking good. about comics about for the art of it and some of these covers have been really really gorgeous 
no yeah you can just pick it up for the art like seriously yeah like i mentioned like you you, you saw you mentioned the uh the, the cheetah cover and uh yeah i'm pretty sure we're talking about the same one uh it's the art i love uh uh art is, is a fantastic artist and uh that, that cover is just beautiful it's mm-hmm. just so fierce and but soft at the same time i really i really love yeah. that yeah yeah absolutely um okay our project for the week was to yeah. read was to read a book that we thought was really good. Um, and w- we agreed that Identity Crisis is a book that it's a must read. And if you get a new DC fan, somebody's like, hey, I, I want something that's iconic, Justice League, DC Comics, this is the one. First essential ID, DC comic, yeah, I agree. Uh, this book um, is just, it's just, it's just a good, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic read. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of controversy behind it. There's a lot of longevity behind it. I saw and, the controversy in the notes. I'm curious about. Yeah. It. I I I didn't know about quote woman in refrigerator. So let's yeah, just yeah, yeah. let's just start talking about this thing. And it's gonna be listen, ladies and gentlemen. You guys got to stick with us because we love <laughs> this book. We're gonna go all over the place. Let's let's do it. So let's talk about it. You yes. said controversy, woman in refrigerator. I'd never heard that term. Yes, I quote woman in a refrigerator storyline. Uh, in, in, in regards to the, you know, just having a, a, a woman being hurt or uh, abused or murdered just to progress the storyline. Hmm. Uh, this, Gail, Gail Simone, uh, one of DC's uh, DC writers, she writes a bunch of different comics. Yeah, She's yeah. an amazing writer. Um, she coined the phrase uh, back when this book kind of came out. Uh, this was in regards to an old Green Lantern storyline from the 90s with Kyle Rayner. Uh, his girlfriend was murdered and stuck in a fridge as the beginning of the story like of the of okay. the to kick off the storyline of that of that like that's all it was like she was fine everything leading up to it he just found her in a fridge and so that's where that kind of okay uh phrase comes from and she was referencing the point like she was just saying that a lot of female characters leading up before this were just really around to drive the plot for the male characters. <laughs> and that's what she was, that's what she was kind of referring to. And to be honest, I kind of see your point for this. Like it was, the, it was you know, a woman's murder is what really kind of started the whole off. But I feel like that was, I don't know, for the, if you take this book out of what was going on before, like it just, I think it just kind of, unfortunately was part of everything else that was going on. But like, I feel like this book by itself like it needed it like that was the story right is the yeah. murder of sue dibley dibney like yeah elongated man's wife and i think that it needed that so i i i i, I kind of see what they were saying and i agree with everything else that they were doing uh, at the time all comics were doing this not just dc but uh i think for this story in particular i think that was the story was the yeah. murder and then them trying to figure out the murder so okay and it was such a prominent uh, coupling too, uh, in Long Man and Sue were like the most, the most connected couple. They they're the most stable couple couple throughout the Ralph DC. and Sue, man. Exactly, exactly. Uh, for decades, for decades, nothing really. They never had a problem, and then all of a sudden, dead. Right, and so that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I think like this was up, supposed to be the huge shock. They were taking this couple that couldn't be touched, and destroyed it, it yep. and that's what that's what shook the dc world so in in my read through again one of my favorite well 
my oldest favorite panel, that's still one of my top three or four panels in the book. Yeah. It was always where um, elongated man was trying to deliver the eulogy and he literally had to hold his face together. Yeah. Right. I, I, that, I was about to say that was my, one of my favorite panels too, is this, the emotion that- the, uh, the grief was so much that he couldn't even hold shape and then yeah. he ended up not being able to deliver the eulogy yes. or some words or not the eulogy, but deliver some words. Uh, I thought that was incredible. But this read through, I have found a new favorite. Well, it's not a new favorite. It's just another favorite. I'll just, ha I'll yeah. just have lots of favorites. Forget it. Please do. Maybe you caught on to this. Maybe you didn't. This is what I'm hoping you didn't catch. Okay. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the Kent home, the Kent family home. Mm -hmm. And Superman is telling his mother this and that and the other thing. I don't quite remember what he said to her, but what she said to him was... I know this line, yeah. I'll bet Batman doesn't talk to his parents that parents. way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, and the look on Superman's face? What that said to me, and, I, and it didn't click until this time, it said, wow, Superman's such a good guy that he never even told them that. Yeah, yeah. The, who Batman was, right? And to me, that was amazing. Like, my parents keep the world's biggest secret, the biggest, in not telling the world who Clark Kent is. Yeah, yeah. But I still have enough respect and uh, morals, whatever, whatever you want to call it, I have enough Superman in me to not share with them that. And a couple things. One, that that happened. Sure. Two, I'll bet you that Ma has never even asked either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guarantee that for sure. So I went through so much like, I'll bet she's never asked because that's probably their way. And by her very statement says that he's never told her. And it has... Oh, it has a lot to do with the story, identity crisis, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody finding out who's who and whatever, and that that's never been broken among, even in the inner circles. I thought that was really, really cool. No, I, I think that, I thought that was awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Um, I think I think it's a beautiful point. Uh, you know, I think it just kind of goes to Superman's character. Like, that, that is Superman, exactly what you're pointing, pointing out. Right. You know, that's, that's such a Superman thing to do, you yep. know? And of course he would do that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't divulge anyone's secret. Like that's, so, um, yeah. even though, even though he can trust them, like, right. You're, you're that's a fantastic point as well. Like, <laughs> Clearly he's trusting them. He's trusting Ma and Pa, his parents, the people who raised him, the people who gave him his moral center, right. Mm -hmm. He's trusting them not to tell the world that he's Superman. That's a huge secret on top of itself. Yep. But, so then you would think that he could easily divulge it. Things to them. No, he's, it's not my secret to tell. Yeah. And, and yeah. so again, I just, I'll bet she's also never asked. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I. That, that, when you said that, that makes total sense. Of course, of course, she never asked. She's Ma Kent. You know, that's she's Ma that's, Kent. It's not I her business. That was really cool. Not her business. Artistically speaking, as well, towards the end of the first part of the first book after the funeral, I found it weird. Until I did, so I did. I did some extra reading on this. The extra reading I did was I have some expanded version where uh, Rags and um, uh, the author, Brad Meltzer. Yeah, Meltzer. When the, Brad and uh, Rags Morales in the back of the book talk about certain things, like some interviews and stuff with each other. Cool. Yeah. So after the first part, which is the first issue, at the end, Ralph Dibney like gets this real evil look on his face when he says, "Let's go after him." Right. Sure. Sure. And I'm thinking that looks really weird. It looks really. I don't know why it looks so out of place. I read in the interview, the back of the book, 
Yeah. They did it on purpose. And Rags Morales, the artist, even said, I drew even sharper lines than normal, than he would even normally have because I wanted to convey the anger. So like, if you look at that last page of the first issue, yeah. you'll see some real sharp lines on the eyebrows and the nose. And it's like, it just looks, it looks villainous. And that switch, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. No, that is really awesome. Once I understood it, because at first it was like, man, kind of jarring. Rereading it, like, yeah, it was a little jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I I never noticed that before, to be honest with you. But I I love what they could do with Elongated Mandarin. Like, yeah, one of my favorite panels is when he first discovers his wife dead, right, in the rain. And it's just all that emotion. You know, you see these elongated man, so you see him stretching out, but like he's losing control of himself, right? And yeah. that that you so much emotion went into that. I think that was such a great great representation of uh, Rags Morales' skills. You know, he's able to draw a lot out of that. You could just feel so much from that one panel. It was a pretty solid panel too, which is really great. So I I, I totally I totally see what you're saying in regards to Morales' kind of skill set and how he was able to kind of change things around. I'll have to go back and look, and look at that scene though. That seems really cool. Yeah, for sure. So furthering the story, of course, the, the people that are in the inner circle immediately assume Dr. Light. Of course. Because of the whole incident up in the... The watchtower. The watchtower, where she was just bored and wanted to see the earth from the stars or whatever. Yeah. And Dr. Light it, assaults her. And who got there first? Was it Flash? Uh, she, she buzzed him in or she hit the thing and... Was it Flash? Was it Hawkman? I feel like it was Flash because they said something the to... Yeah, something to the effect of, of but, course, um, Flash gets there first, right? But whatever. Of course. But um, the, the, the scene is huge. Yeah, this book deals with so much intense and, and adult content. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's, it, it gets kind of crazy for, like, a DC superhero book. I think that was kind of the, the, the thing uh, Brad Meltzer was kind of shooting for, was, like, even heroes deal with this stuff. You know, this is, they're not off limits, you know, just because they're, they're these godlike figures that save the world. Like, stuff happens. What I realized, again, through this read-through that I didn't pay attention to before, yeah. was, of course, he's a master of light, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't dawn on me until I read it again. I saw some little tiny word bubble that he said. He's like, and I can replay it anytime I want. And he, like, casts a photo representation of the attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, and I, I really feel like, okay. at first. All right, let me rewind a little bit. Sure. For those that don't know that they, they reset his brain, right? And I, it's spoiled. Look, this book is a bajillion years old. And this whole part of the episode is going to be a spoiler. So pause it now. Go yeah, read it. you haven't read it. Come back. <laughs> it's from 2004. Come on. But this is happening. <laughs> um, they, they wipe his mind and then re-tweak his brain. And I'm thinking, man, that is like, that's over the top. That's crazy. Yeah, for, these are heroes. Yeah, but whatever, they did it. And, and I was still okay with it because it was a very, very vile thing. Sure. I just never really understood why did they take such a drastic measure? But then when it hit me that like, this guy can go into prison and show everyone yeah. what he did. Yeah. To, and then anyone, like forever, because that's his, one of his powers. And it, it like clicked with me like, wow, okay, I, I see the tipping point now. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go ahead and replay this assault anytime I want for anybody who wants. And I'm going to show everybody that I at least got one over on the Justice League. Whew. Yeah, but I mean, even Batman didn't want to do that. Like even Batman saw the line. He was like, nah, guys, like I hold my line. This is not what we do, you know? And 
And so they, by the they, time they, they modified him too, like that was the nuts. time they he held the line was too late though. They had done it. Oh no, of course. But I mean, they they ended up. But he was he was going to out everybody, you know, like yeah. that was the thing. So they did that to him too, like that that, which is kind of crazy, you know, like to to try to take like Batman, like you're you're doing this like the Batman. Like, yeah. What so are you guys that, doing? That is definitely so. For those of the listeners and and readers of comics that are both Marvel and DC, to me, that was definitely an equivalent No More Mutants moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. To if take out something that so like, iconic. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely when, when she looks at Batman and says Tegroff, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's craziest nuts. lines when it's delivered to Batman and how he's just always forgot. And, and it shows kind of how much, like, Obviously, you know, you have the classic Batman ready for anything kind of thing, but like it kind of shows how much trust he actually had in these heroes, right? Which yeah. is something Batman doesn't do. Batman doesn't trust, right? Mm-hmm. He has back these backup plans, but he didn't see this coming. He didn't think that heroes of this caliber that he put so much stake in would do something like this, you know? Right. He has contingency plans that they would go evil, but like <laughs> nothing like this like this this like he was like no you guys have crossed the line what are you guys doing and then they they turn on him like ah oh, that was such that was such a crazy moment in this yeah, book they uh they were holding him back you know yeah exactly well first of all she held him in the spell yeah nam tab tops right exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that whole scene immediately so when when she held him in that hold spell somebody flipped out immediately like what are you doing yeah, to to Zatanna. And yeah, I then, think like Flash had a really big issue with all this. Like he was the one like so hesitant to to yeah. do anything like this, which kind of shows like it's really like a lot of like the the family members were not involved in this. It was all like the the secondary heroes that came. I mean, I guess Green Lantern was there too, right? And the fact that that was the vote was split was pretty cool because it shows. Look, we didn't all just jump the ship here from go. Yeah. They struggled with it. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, that was the decision was to make this happen ralph however ralph didn't know right like he had he didn't know he wasn't involved yeah he wasn't involved which is kind of crazy right this is all about his wife right Mm -hmm. that's that's what this really would have was was about like you can you they they could be worried about what what happens about like their their identity or what you know uh you know dr live being able to say who everyone is and uh but at the end of the day sue was the one that got hurt sue was the one that got you know her life like shattered because of this and they it seemed like they were ignoring it you know through a lot of it they, they kind of pushed that aside and i think that was another big 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 thing like the heroes were so um caught up in their own in their own garbage that they, they yeah. forgot to really be heroes at that point mm-hmm. i think that's what batman was trying to was trying to show everybody um of course he's not really great with using words so <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't convey that very well uh, but uh, I think that's kind of what they were getting at. It's like you were losing sight of what being a hero really is. Yeah, he does better with cameras, surveillance, recordings, <laughs> wiretaps. Yeah, wiretaps, yeah. yeah, that's that's his thing. Uh, uh, that's pretty intense. It's a pretty intense. It's a pretty intense book. Yeah, from from like start to end. Uh, yeah, you know when you start when you start cycling through the further the secondary and tertiary attacks, right? Yeah, one of my favorite. I think one of the one of the best probably fight scenes in comics. I still think it's it's pretty high up there. It's at least in the top ten uh, ever. Is that fight between Deathstroke and the Justice League? 
Like, oh, uh, man. Like, I think that was, that's probably one of the best uh, co- coordinated fights mm-hmm. in comics. Like I said, it's definitely one of the top tens. It's such a cool way to do it. It was my, very well written. And then Morales yeah. draws it beautifully. It was my great. favorite part of that fight, because it's, it, be, it became thought-provoking about read number three or four, mm-hmm. was he cuts the wings off of Hawkman. Yeah. Which, and, and, and cuts and, stri- and slices him just a little bit. What that says is, I beat you, and I could have killed you. Yeah. Easy. I did not. Like, you're Deathstroke. Yep, I'm, I'm not. I don't think Dr. Light paid him enough to kill Hawkman. Yeah. Um, but he darn well could have killed <laughs> His words to Dr. Light, and he still took his money, though. This is one I would have done for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm of not. Of course he you, takes the money. Yeah, you, yeah, are, you agreed to pay me, but I would have done this for free. You're paying me. When he struck Hawkman, out of all of them, yeah. could have killed him. He cut him. Like, at, at the chest level, he's Deathstroke. He could have went three, four inches deeper yeah. all day. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, gut-punching Zatanna so she couldn't speak. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, her taking out, like, I think he acknowledges it. He was, like, one of the strongest people, and all he had to do was punch her. Like, that's all. Like, he, he's like, okay, I'm going to take out one of the strongest members real quick first. Boom. Just one punch and she was down. Oh my gosh. This yep. like, he was the, the strategy on this guy is ridiculous. And I love that they went into the explanation, right? Why? Okay. Me punch too. her first in, in the liver or something. I forgot the actual thing, but to make her cough up blood and, and remove her ability to speak. And then, you know, how he diverts flash to his flank with those bombs. Yeah. And just like holds the sword there. Cause I know it's where you're going to show up. So. Yeah, no, that was perfectly written by uh, by Meltzer, and mm-hmm. and the fact that they were showing how deadly Deathstroke really is. Because I mean, he first shows Deathstroke and Doctor Light. These are Teen Titans villains, right? Doctor Light, and that's, they mentioned that too about Doctor Light. You know, like he's just, he was a he was a Justice League villain, and then he became a, a Teen Titans villain. What? How do you go from finding the yeah, Justice League? They, they Titans, made him a plaything, basically. Exactly. But Deathstroke was a Teen Titans villain. This is his first appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, New Teen Titans number two. And so you don't take him seriously, but then right. you have to. This is like him. This is them switching places. This is, you know, Dr. Yeah. Light going down to Teen Titans and, Teen, and Destro going up to Justice League. He's just like, listen, I really didn't even belong there. I, am, I could take you all out if I wanted to. No one's just <laughs> paying me enough. No one's paying me enough to do so. You know, I'm, nope. I'm, a, man of, I'm a man of work and this is, this, is, this is not what I do. But I just, I love that fight scene. Like he literally takes out everybody. Like yeah. the most powerful DC heroes. And, super easy yeah the, that attack you're right that that fight scene was phenomenal i highly recommend it like just for looking at that yeah that that it's just it's just a it's just kind of a crucial moment it brings all mm-hmm. the heroes down to size it really does so the the targeted attacks on some of the other heroes with their identities known right mm-hmm. the letter to lois yeah that's fine i feel like all right so at this point we know um, well, no, we don't know yet. At this point, we don't know who is behind all this yeah. with these targeted attacks. But then learning that it was uh, Adam's wife, Jean Loring, mm-hmm. and I want to do a little bit uh, deeper dive on that Eclipso whole thing in a future oh, episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Jean Loring, I felt, here, here's where I'm hypercritical of the book because I can't, I, I do have high praise for the book. But here's where I'm hypercritical. Assuming all things are equal, 
I don't know that she would still have had the power, for lack of a better word, to pull all of that off. Um, I know, right? Yeah, where did that come from? All of a sudden, she's a criminal mastermind to fool Mr. Miracle and and Batman. Batman, right? Like over, she just fooled them all from go, right? And I know Batman panel after panel says, to, def- to find out who did it, you have to find out who benefits, who benefits, who benefits. He kept saying that over and over. But I don't know. That, that part to me was weird, right? No, yeah. um, nobody was doing handwriting analysis or anything like that on these notes that were left everywhere. And yeah. No, I, I agree. They finally got to it. But I understand at first they had their sights set on light, but when they figured out that, okay, it wasn't him because he wasn't there or whatever, right? Yeah, definitely. So that was, that's my critique of, of the book. Within all of that, the writing I thought was incredible. The art was incredible. Uh, you know, we talked about paneling, right? Our favorite panels and did it flow? How was the pacing? I thought all of that was just fine, except when we go to pacing, it, I feel like they did, they rushed it from when he found out, when, when the Adam found out. Oh, sure. That like, was again another light switch. Uh, it was like, wait, how did you know there was a note at Tim Drake's place? Oh, it was in the papers. No, it wasn't. You're the killer. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, why? Why would you think her immediately? Like, like, why would you jump straight to her? Like, everything's just clicking all of a sudden. Like, oh, it was always you. You know, you're, you're the only one it could be. Like, yeah. kind, kind of thing. Like, and yeah. for you people that haven't read it and have stuck through the spoilers, I am not exaggerating that point. How did yeah. you know that there was a note there? Oh, it was in the papers. We left that out of the papers. You done it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, she's your wife. You don't think she could have, like, overheard you? Like, you know, some benefit of the doubt you, you, you could have done it. Maybe right. done no chance for a Nothing. counterargument from an attorney at all. of all people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, good, good point. Good point. Uh, no, I thought that it was, I completely agree. I think that, that, that kind of, like, just, it just kind of, like, summed it all up. Like, okay, here's a little package, a little neat bow this is the villain here you go you know at the very end of the story which kind of kind of sucks because we get this big huge murder mystery on top of you know diving into the actual characterization of being a hero and what that really means you Mm -hmm. know uh compared to what being a villain means you get a lot of crucial deaths in this series you know you get the death of tim drake's father uh the original captain boomerang you know and uh that whole scene was probably one of the most intense things I ever read too, was, yeah. you know, Batman and Robin trying to get to Tim Drake's father's house. before. Oh man, big. the scramble. Oh. And the, again, oh. the emotion, the emotion again. The emotion. This, yeah, this and book is this, very emotion heavy. And doesn't Batman say something like, not again, or not letting this yeah. happen again? I or, won't let this happen. Yeah, I won't let this happen. Batman seems to be very not Batman in this book. It seems like Meltzer wanted to be like, take Batman down a notch with this book. You know, yeah. like he wasn't able to stop. Uh, Tim Drake's dad from being killed. Like, it possibly, was possibly the reason was well, let's show them that Batman at the end of the day is still a human. Still human, exactly. He can make mistakes. He's mm-hmm. he's not just because we got. I think we we get to this. I think it was even happening in you know in the early two thousands where you know we get to this thing where you know the the catchphrase "I'm Batman" right that sums it all up. I think that's my biggest thing with a lot of Batman books recently is that you don't get to see his detective work anymore. Right, it's just you just assume he knows now because he's Batman, right? And so I think even back, even in, in the early 2000s, Meltzer was seeing that and be like, no, he's still a human being. 
you know, he can still make mistakes. He might be Batman and he might be this great, he's the pinnacle of human humanity, but he's still human. So yeah. uh, let's, let's bring him down a notch and not, and take him off that I'm Batman ledge, you know? So does the book hold up over time? Uh, no question. Oh it's, yeah. It's almost, it's almost 20 years old. Yeah. And no, and... I, I think it, yeah, it, it really works. Um, just in fact that, there's really nothing that, that dates it in the book. It really does, there's nothing really that dates it. They're, they don't really mention any uh, crucial moments in our history. No pop culture of, references. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that was smart of Meltzer, um, which a lot of that stuff I find fun in comics, but yeah, that's what immediately dates it. Uh, any like technology, like, like they're not mentioning like flip phones or you know, right. things like that. So um, I, think, I think that also holds up pretty well. I think the story itself, is timeless. Uh, just it's like it's, like I keep mentioning, it's a classic murder mystery mm -hmm. uh, on the surface level, right? And then everything below it is is what keeps it from from being dated, because um, all that all that stuff is always going to be relevant to us uh, as human beings. And by stuff, I mean having to deal with crisis, having to deal with that inner um, uh, crisis of conflict of being what is a hero, what is doing the good thing, the right thing. So I yeah. think that. Uh, that really, it really holds true. I think this, and it's just, it's just a huge thing. It's just a huge pinnacle point in DC in general. So as we wrap up this project, which was Identity Crisis, you had a couple of great uh, ideas I saw in the show notes. We decide whether we give this thing the golden lasso of approval or the stamp of doom. I think it's pretty <laughs> easily decided though on this one. It's golden lasso of approval for me. Oh yeah, I'd tie this up in that golden lasso any day. Like this, this is this is definitely something that uh, I think everyone should read. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot to criticize about it, but at the same time, I think the story itself kind of just overwhelms it. It's just huge for DC, and uh, right. just just reading in general. So yeah, golden lasso approval. Golden lasso approved. That's going to wrap up episode six of the podcast portion. Stick around if you're watching the YouTube uh, the YouTube replay because we've got our cover of the week coming up. For those of you who have stuck around for the podcast edition, thank you so much once again for listening. If you have ideas of how to improve, ideas of things we should talk about, ideas of books we should read, please let us know. Reach out to us, dcdeepdives, plural, at gmail.com. Leave a comment on one of our videos or a comment on one of our podcasts. Leave us a review if you wouldn't mind because that'd be great as well. And as always, there's a comic for everyone. Thanks, folks.